Welcome to Hunting Stories, brought to you by Late to the Game Outdoors. Everyone loves a good story, and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you, to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So, pull up a seat around the campfire, because here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hunting Stories podcast. Uh, I am joined today by a returning guest, uh, Caleb Gotthart from uh, Northern British Columbia. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Yes, yes. For for those of us in the Southwest, British Columbia seems far enough north, but you're the northern end of British Columbia. Uh, Caleb was on in episode 15 talking about uh, a bear that he spent four years trying to track down and finally... Uh, Finally got it done. Uh, it was an awesome story. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Uh, but Caleb, you're here today with an elk story. Am I right? That is correct. Yep. Love it. Uh, then that is all the setup I'm going to give. Uh, just <laughs> to tell us what happened. All right. So uh, I was 10 years old. Okay. <laughs> there we go. My, my very first elk, my very first elk hunt I have ever been on. And uh, my dad, he's a, he's a diehard hunter. He's, you know, he gets his animal opening day every year. And <laughs> so I finally get my tags. I finally get my hunting license and everything. And I say to my dad, dad, I want to go opening morning with you. Nope. You got school. So I remember <laughs> good, sitting good in the classroom. Yeah. I remember sitting in the classroom so mad that I don't, <laughs> I didn't listen to anything that was said. <laughs> and uh, the teachers were trying to get me to do work. I just sat there. And then all of a sudden, I remember just after lunch, we had just got back in from lunch. The principal comes on the PA system and says, Caleb Goddard, please come to the, the principal's office. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap, we got in trouble for not paying attention, right? <laughs> so I go in there and the principal says, you know, you need to go get your stuff. Uh, your dad is coming. Your dad is outside waiting for you. He's picking you up, He's taking you home and I'm like, okay, being a 10 year old, I didn't think anything of it. So I go grab my backpack and everything. I go out and dad's truck is there. So I go walk into the truck and I'm looking at the truck and something's different. And, uh, out jumps my dad covered in blood. <laughs> and I'm like, man, he shot an elk without me. So sure enough, I go in the back and there's this nice little six by five bull elk. And dad's like, yeah, your mom's not home. So I need someone to help me unload it. <laughs> okay. so we we pull up to the shop and dad ended up doing it all because that wasn't the actual plan and he's like oh, i'm just gonna go get changed and i'll bring you back to school and i was like ah, man, whatever so he comes out and he's decked out in his spare camel gear and then he goes here take these and throws me my camel gear and then i realized he had my 270 in his hand and i'm like Okay, sweet. We're going hunting. Let's do this. Yes. So sure enough, we jump in the truck. Dad, we're driving out to the spot. It's 10 minutes away from our house. And he says, I shot this elk. And as I was gutting it and getting ready to put it in the truck, a bigger elk came out. A big six by six elk came out. And he stood there and he watched his cows the whole time. He's like, we're going after that elk. Sweet. Sounds good. Like I'm, I'm down for it. And so we get out there and sure enough, there's elk everywhere. It's, it's the rut. 
there's elk running everywhere. There's bulls running everywhere. There's little three points, spikers, and it like so many elk in that field. It wasn't even funny. And dad goes, there he is edge of the field boat, 800 yards away. All right. So let's put the stock on him. So we put the stock on him and I don't know what happened, but he ended up going into the bush and disappearing. We called and called and called just with the, the hoochie mama cow call and nothing. Okay, fine. Come back the next day, four o'clock in the morning. We're in that field and we're waiting and same thing, about eight, 900 yards away. He came out, went back in the trees as soon as we got closer. And it was, it was like that continuously for a whole week. It was four in the morning. We'd be in there. I'd go to school. Dad would pick me up from school. We'd go back out hunting. Wow. And it was, I, and I remember the end of the week, it was the last day of school. And my dad said to me, let's, let's go get up. Let's go. And I said, all right. So I got up, we went out and we seen him and he was 450 yards closer to us. So he was only 450 yards from us. Sorry. And he, you know, nowadays I would take that shot comfortably, but back when I was 10, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a poke so for much. a 10 year old. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was kind of bummed out cause we never got a shot off. And then we ran out of time. I had to go back to school. And by this time, my desire to hunt was at an all time low. I was like, I'm never going to get this bull. I'm exhausted. I don't want to go. So school ends. My dad picks me up. Let's go get changed and go. No, I'm not going. Oh, come on. Just, you know, if you don't put the time in, you're never going to get the elk. And I said, I don't care. I don't want the elk. I'm not going. <laughs> come on, son. Let's go. Nope. I'm not going. Okay, fine. So we went home. My mom's sitting there in her camel and she's like, all right, let's go. And I'm, nope, I'm not going. She said, okay, fine. Tell you what, I'll pack all the snacks. We'll, we'll go out there. We'll find a place to sit and we'll just sit. Okay, fine. Let's go. So she, she suckered up. you in with snacks she suckered me in with snacks yeah so <laughs> i cameled up and we go out there and the weirdest day i remember it being the weirdest day because we went out there and there was one doe in the middle of the field and that was it and i'm sitting here thinking why are we out here all these other days there's been elk and running around the field and today there's a doe like why are we here <laughs> And I was mad and grumpy and, you know, being a typical 10 year old who hasn't slept in a week. <laughs> and, uh, so whatever. So we walked to, there's a, the stand of trees that divides the two fields that stand from where we parked was about 800, 900 yards away. So we walked to that stand of trees and I don't really remember much after that. Cause I remember being exhausted and I remember crawling into a hole and pulling my jacket over top of me and just like a switch went off. I was out. I was out <laughs> like light. So I had to like, I had to get my dad to tell me his side of the story later on. And I guess what happened was is mom and dad were kind of sitting in front of me looking into the field. And I was, I was just kind of playing around in the bush and uh, dad turned around and went, where the heck is Caleb? He's gone. And mom went, well, they, they both started kind of panicking because I wandered off and, and disappeared. And the dad went, hold on a second, just be quiet. Just stop. 
And so they started listening and they hear this faint, faint snore. <laughs> and then dad starts really looking and he lifts up my jacket and there I am curled in this ball in a hole. <laughs> out like a light. And dad said, well, it's not loud enough to disturb anything. So he just threw the jacket over top of me. And uh, that was that. Uh, I think about an hour went by, he said, and there started to be some cow elk coming out on the far end of the field. And so he's like, yeah, I'll just do a couple hoochie mama calls and see what happens. So he hits the call. And about 45 minutes to an hour goes by. And he keeps hitting the call, keeps hitting the call, and he's hearing something in the bush. And then all of a sudden, out pops these cows. Dad goes, okay. Now we're getting some action within, it was within 100 yards. Okay. Now we're action within 100 yards. And then he starts to really look into the trees and he can see antler tips. And he's like, yep, that's the bull. So he calls him out and this bull comes, finally comes ripping out of the bush and just stands there at about 150, 100 yards, something like that. And just stands there broadside. So now dad's like pushing my mom, wake him up, wake him up, wake him up. <laughs> so my mom goes over and she rips the jacket off me and get up, son, get up. There's an oak. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And I don't want to shoot him. I'm just sleeping. And I'm like, no, get up. Seriously. There's a bull elk. There's a bull elk. He's in shooting range. And that's when I, that's the next thing I remember is just, there's a bull elk. He's within shooting range. And I jumped up. And then of course, being cold from waking up and it being September and pretty well, right before dark, my teeth are just <laughs> chattering like crazy. <laughs> And I couldn't, I couldn't calm down. And, and dad's like, Hey, the cows herded them back into the bush. So let's just, before we call them back out, they're only 15, 20 yards in the bush. Before we call them back out, let's get you calmed down, get you warmed up. So I put my jacket on and my dad's jacket on and warmed up, calmed down, got my breathing under control. And, and dad's like, are you ready? And I said, I think so. It was okay. We're going to do this. So he chirps on the cow call. Three chirps and that bull comes flying out of the bush. And it's like, oh, sweet. He's like, are, can you see him? Are you ready? And I said, all I can see is his head, the, the base of his horns. That's all I can see. And there's a grass knoll right between me and the elk. Dad's like, oh, crap, I got to get him over that. So he, he waits. And sure enough, that cow comes out and herds that bull back in. And... Okay, and now's our opportunity. So now we run and we get to the top of this hill and the grass was pretty tall because it was it was his uh, hay crop. Oh, okay. So it was still, it hadn't been cut yet or anything. So it was still, we still had good cover up on top of this little knoll. And dad hits the call again. Out comes this bull. Dad said, can you see it now? I said, yeah, I got a perfect shot. He said, okay, just wait. Don't shoot until I tell you to. I'm like, okay. So he comes out, he stops, and before and dad said, okay, shoot. And before I could pull the trigger, that cow herded him back into the bush. No. Went on like this for what felt like four hours. It was probably five minutes, maybe, <laughs> but it felt like four hours. So finally, the last time that the cow herded the bull into the bush, my dad was like, okay, hey, we got to do something. So he called my mom over, gave my mom the hoochie mama, 
And my mom went about 25 yards in behind us and started ripping on that cow call. And sure enough, out comes out. The bull starts to come. He gets about halfway out of the bush and then the cow starts to come herd him back in. Well, dad laid on the bugle and just the biggest, meanest, lowest growl that my dad could get. He got out and that bull gored that cow, pushed her back in and came out ripped snorting mad. Now he's sitting there and he's peeing all over the ground and he's spitting everywhere. And and he's he's 75 yards broadside shot. And, I'm like, dad, I can shoot him. Dad, let me shoot him. Dad said, no, you do not pull the trigger until I tell you to. Come on, dad, let me shoot him. Nope. Just relax. Catch your breath. Be patient. He's not going anywhere. He doesn't see us. He doesn't know we're there. The wind's perfectly in our face. Just, you know, it's, it's okay. Take your time. Okay. Okay. I will. I will. And I have, like I said, it felt like an eternity and that bull was throwing dirt in the air. He was rubbing, he was peeing all over the place and just like, he was mad. And then he would turn and dad would do a chuckle and he would come right back to attention and start bugling. And finally he let out the biggest bugle he could. And dad said, are you ready? And I said, yeah, I'm ready. And all I remember dad saying is, shh, like the the part of the shoot (laughs) and that bullet was going through that elk are you a new hunter or even a guy with some miles under his boots who's still just trying to figure it out i get it i've been there i'm an adult onset hunter who spent the last 15 years learning how to hunt and so i wrote the book how to hunt a total beginner's guide to hunting big game as the resource i wish existed all those years ago when i first started Whether you're planning to chase elk with your bow in the west, or you're hunting for whitetails back east, this book will take you from knowing absolutely nothing to your first harvest. It's packed with hunting stories, and plenty of those times where I royally screwed up, you'll leave with a sound strategy for hunting big game, and have plenty of laughs along the way. Grab a copy today at latetothegameoutdoors.com slash howtohuntbook. And it dropped him, like dropped him in his tracks, done. What I found out later my dad wouldn't let me shoot because he didn't want the elk to run into the field more because we had to drive the truck around and he was basically on the ring road that went around the field he was only five feet off that road so we wouldn't wreck any of the farmer's crop so he wanted the elk out of breath when i pulled the trigger and double lunged them so it just piled them up right there so i was i was itching to pull the trigger i had my uh my sights on on this elk the whole time and i was itching so bad to pull the trigger but i never did and then yeah as soon as dad said shoot the trigger went, or the gun went off and that elk dropped and then the adrenaline dump happened <laughs> yeah and i started shaking again and i couldn't compose myself my dad's like hey if you if you want to go see it and i'm like trying to run up to it and dad's like if you want to see it you got to calm down <laughs> my dad has always told me you do not like run up to an animal that you've just shot all excited and thinking it's going to be dead because that never works out for you right yeah but of course that has all escaped my mind i'm not thinking of any of that now no. so i'm i'm like shaking and vibrating and and dad's sitting there and he's like nope you gotta calm down you gotta relax calm down 
So I finally started taking some breath and, and I finally start calming down. And then uh, <laughs> he's like, all right, you're ready. So we walk up to this thing and, and dad's got the gun and he's in front of me and he pokes it and he goes, well, I got good news. It's, it's dead. <laughs> and then it all hit me like all the hard work that I put into that elk morning after morning, night after night and not wanting to go. And all I could, all I could think of was if I wouldn't have went, if I wouldn't have put the time in, like my dad said to do, I would not be standing here with this elk. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was the best feeling in the world. And then, so dad goes back, gets the truck, leaves me and my mom with the elk. Cause I didn't want to leave it. So, and he drives the truck around the ring road of the field and gets there and we load it up and like, all right, let's go home. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We can't go home. What do you mean? We can't go home. We got to go see everyone. <laughs> so it's like 11 o'clock at night and my dad's a taxidermist and he knows all these all these guys that were rooting for me to get this elk and we're showing up at their houses, knocking on their doors and they would <laughs> kind of kind of stumble to the door, all groggy eyed, and they'd be like, what's going on. And there's this little 10 year old standing there. Hey, I shot that bull. And they'd all get excited and come running out and calling their buddies and all their buddies are coming over with their kids. And it was, it was a good feeling, but that, uh, that bull is still sitting in my stairwell today. <laughs> I, I would hope so. He's, uh, <laughs> He's my, me, my pride and joy. That one, that's for sure. That, I mean, not only your, your first, your first hunt, your first elk, and he just so happened to be a, a big one too. Like yep. that's amazing. And the, fact, the fact that he beat my dad, my dad only got a six by five. And <laughs> so I rubbed that in his face for a year. And <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Did yeah. he uh, come around and, uh, and one up you the next year? <laughs> He has one up me the next year for the past 17 years. <laughs> I have not well shot said. an elk. I have not shot an elk since that elk. Really? Yeah. So wow. I'm on a 17 year dry spell, but that's not necessarily due to the fact that I couldn't. It's just due to the fact that I wanted one. I wanted a, a big bull elk. Yeah. So. Well, that's, you started off you know, this the, giant yeah. elk. It's, it's hard yeah. to, you know, shoot a raghorn after that. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and I know oh. there's, I know where there's a few of them hanging out, so it's hard to just shoot a, a five pointer or, or anything smaller than the one I have when I know there's bigger ones hanging out. So, yeah. Oh man, dude, that is, that is a great, I love from, from dead sleep to behind the trigger in, in like yeah. seconds. In a matter of seconds. Yeah. Uh, Dude, this, this might be a, a weird question, but like you were the kid in that situation. Uh, I, I've got uh, my oldest has been on a couple hunts. My middle kid is just desperately can't wait to go hunting. Like he, he's old enough next fall. He is all about it. Uh, but I, I know there's a lot of guys listening who are kind of in the same boat. Like they've got kids that they're trying to bring up in it. it from your perspective as the kid, is there any advice you would give to to parents trying to help bring their kids into hunting that, that maybe your dad did for you? Uh, to push your your kid, but not too hard, not to the point where he's going to hate hunting because my dad has always pushed me to hunt. Um, I love hunting. I grew up it. I grew up doing it, obviously. Um, he's always pushed me to be to my limit. He, yeah. he knows my limit. And, and the best advice I could really give to a parent trying to teach their kid how to hunt and the 
the advice that I'm going to be trying to apply to myself when my daughter starts hunting is, is know their limit beforehand and yeah. push them to it, but don't push them past it. Because if you push them past it, they're, they're going to hate hunting. If there was a, a time where I started to really dislike it and my dad was pushing me harder and harder and harder as I got older, but then he came to a point where he pushed me past my limit. And so I, I kind of dropped off the whole hiking or walking and hunting. And I just wanted to shoot stuff from my truck, hmm. which now I look back and I think, well, I was dumb, but, <laughs> but that's, that's the best advice I can give is, is don't push past their limit, know their limit and don't push past it. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Um, I, I also, I love your, your mom's like softer tactic where your dad's like, no, come on, come on, let's go. Your mom's like, Hey, I'll bring food. You can yeah. hang out. Like, like just <laughs> kind of coaxed it's, you into the area. Especially when they're, they're that age. I don't know about your son, but I know when I was, when I was 10, I was really getting into the food. Yeah. And that, oh. that's all I wanted to do was eat. So, so pushing me with the food and driving me with the food, that was a good way to go. <laughs> yeah. No, that that's know your kid, know what they like. And that, uh, yeah, mine is uh, 12 and he's almost as tall as me and yeah. I'm not a small guy. I eat a lot of food. He out eats me half yeah. of our dinners. Like it's the kid just, he's, he's gonna make me broke is what he's going to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, yeah, man, my, that is, that was that was my dad's biggest complaint was I was going to eat him at a house and home. Yeah. <laughs> the, I remember my parents complaining about that. And, uh, <laughs> now I totally see what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I have, uh, two more that'll be right on his heels. I'm sure just starting to <laughs> shovel everything in their faces. One of these days. Yeah. Uh, dude, Caleb, that is uh man, the killer story, killer advice. Like I, 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 as a dad, really appreciate that. Like, I'm going to chew on that a little bit and try to really identify uh, my kid's limit and try to, you're always walking that balance. Like, I, I want to push you. I yeah. want you to, I want to build like grit and determination in you, but I don't want to be just the hunting equivalent of that dad who's, you know, like on the side of the football field, just yelling and screaming and like, yeah, exactly. I don't want to be that guy either. So like finding that middle ground is, uh, is super important, I think. Um. Where can, uh, where can people find you, follow you, like keep up with all your adventures up there? Uh, you can follow me on, uh, Instagram underscore okay. Northern adventures underscore. And then I don't know if people are any of your listeners are on TikTok. I don't know why I am, but it's a big <laughs> thing. Uh, at captain underscore awesomeness 2016. Captain underscore awesomeness. That is man you're just you're owning tiktok that's amazing i try to anyways <laughs> uh yeah i'm i'm sure uh, i don't keep track of all my listeners surely some of them are on tiktok i've heard it's a big deal uh so <laughs> yeah i got second into it so it, I, i've also heard what you said about addicting like just the the scrolling up and then next thing you know an hour has gone by like <laughs> yeah yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, dude, well, I'll, I'll, I'll link to that stuff in the show notes too. Um, but uh, if you're listening right now, go uh, go ahead, give Caleb a follow on wherever you're at. Uh, great, great, great pictures, adventures. That This, uh, you know, we stay in touch and you've got, I, I mean, you're just, every time we tell you're talking about like, yeah, my, my goat spot, my moose spot, but like you're just chasing animals all <laughs> over the place. 
Uh, it tries anyways. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're in a, a target rich environment up there, it sounds like. And uh yeah, I, I like living vicariously through your northern Canadian adventures. <laughs> well, if I do end up getting up to my goat spot and getting one this year, if it's not burnt down, then then I'll I'll jump on this the podcast again and, and tell the story. Uh, that's that's a deal. I love that. That sounds awesome. I I don't think we haven't had a goat story on the podcast. So uh so yeah, keep me posted on that for sure. Sounds good. Uh dude, Caleb, thanks again. And uh and to uh the listeners, thank you guys. We'll uh we'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hunting Stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, Go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.